Health Power is sponsored by Morphus. Go to www.wearemorphus.com. Hi, I'm Lisa Davis. So glad you're listening to Health Power. If you came over from Talk Healthy today, I'm so glad. And if you've been with Naturally Savvy for the full nine years or for nine minutes, I'm so glad you're here. It is now called Health Power, but it is still the same great show. So I have been meeting a lot of incredible people on TikTok, and I found the wonderful Carla Lester, MD. Uh, she's going to be talking about thin privilege and fat bias in the medical community and much more. Dr. Carla Lester is a community pediatrician, life and weight coach, is board certified in obesity medicine and founder of IME Community for Teens, where self-love is your superpower to achieve your weight and life goals and make your mark in the world. If you live in Lincoln, you most likely know Dr. Carla as a founder of Teach a Kid to Fish, a local nonprofit with a vision of creating community solutions for children's health. Dr. Carla, activist MD, coaches parents and teens to cancel diet culture and be body positive in a body negative world. She is the author of a children's book, The Magical Everywhere, where you may find on her website, imecommunity.com under IME Books. Dr. Carla, welcome to Health Power. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Dr. Carla, when did you first get interested in uh, wanting to be a doctor? Uh, well, when I that was when I was a senior in college. So I was planning on getting my PhD in biochemistry to the oh. GRE and decided and I was working in a lab doing research. And I just said, you know, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. And I really love kids and I love science. So I decided um, and a lot of my friends were going to medical school. Um, so I decided um my senior year that I would go to medical school. And we didn't have any doctors in my family. My dad's a PhD in physics. And so I was like, okay, I, I just really wanted to do it. I wanted to make a difference in children's lives. And that's, I had toyed with a few other um, specialties potentially, but nothing resonated with me like um, pediatrics. One of the things that caught my eye about you is you use this term I'd never heard before, thin privilege. Yeah, well, um, just like you, um, you know, those of us who've been in um, healthcare have been in it for, you know, over 25 years, uh, just like you, we we don't know. I mean, we get stuck in these kind of, you know, canned approaches or bullet point recommendations. I mean, in public health, and I've done tons of work in public health and was on the board of health and my office for my nonprofit called Teach a Kid to Fish was called, was at the health department. Um, we, you know, eat less, move more. Um, healthcare has been very stuck in diet culture in, um, we can get into this more in fat shaming, Doctors have, we have a no training, but we definitely blame the individual. There's a lot of fat phobia, internalized biases. And just like you, when you are open to learning and be curious, these social media apps are like the best place to go to get the patient experience. And it's also like the best quality improvement project <laughs> that you could ever do. I mean, because you can change things up, you can address the concerns. And I was seeing all this confusion around all these movements and people are not movements. They are not theories. So my whole philosophy is let's meet in the middle. And that's how I started my platform. I am a community. And if you go to my site, um, you can check it out. And I wrote an article called let's meet in the middle because we're stuck 
between this kind of pendulum swing of the extremes, everything in our society is and very divisive of like either your body positive and you just love your body and everything about it and you should be grateful and you feel like crap and shameful if you don't. Um, and then you feel like you're, if you want to lose weight or you want to make some health changes, like you feel guilty and shameful for that. And like, you're almost like sabotaging the body positive movement and people in larger bodies. And then, or you swing over to what, you know, is diet culture. So what is kind of a restrictive space, um, because we've never, ever gotten, you know, healthy, effective, safe, ways to intentionally lose weight. So my whole philosophy is, and someone was arguing with me on TikTok the other day, they said, you can't be body positive and also promote intentional weight loss is what they were telling me. And I'm like, I don't promote intentional weight loss, but you can be body positive and you can have health goals just because we haven't gotten right. So one of the things that came up for me, um, recently was uh, the opportunity to do a training with the Be Body Positive Institute. And you can become a facilitator. And it's just absolutely beautiful work. And so Elizabeth Scott is who um, led that work. And so just delving more into, um, and my whole foundation is self-acceptance, that you can have full self-acceptance, fully love and accept yourself now. You can also accept you want to make some health changes. Okay. Those are not mutually exclusive things. So I decided to become a facilitated trainer of the Body Positive um, Institute and so on movement. And so it's really beautiful work. And I did the training and when, and my mind was blown when she said our pursuit of thinness or what we call health, you know, um, is actually a pursuit of thin privilege. And nobody likes the word privilege. Um, but I was like, oh my gosh, that's totally it. I mean, that's what, you know, as a, growing up as a thin person, and then I, I developed my own weight problem. I would say I was more stuck in the maintenance of thin privilege um, and the social capital and all that came from it without realizing like that's just diet culture and thinking that was really internalized. That's fat phobia. That's othering. That's dehumanization. And it's really like embedded. Nobody likes to talk about this, but it's really embedded in our culture's movement toward whiteness. It's embedded in colonialization, patriarchy, you know, white yes. supremacy. And when you're like, oh, yuck, you know, it's like, wait, that doesn't resonate with me. So I decide I, with my values. And right. so I'm like, well, what if we could get rid of it? So what if we cancel diet culture and we give up our pursuit of thin privilege and people are hesitant to do that because they think, oh, my goal is just around the corner or we're not used to challenging our societal beliefs or gosh, I've worked so hard for these many years and I'm just giving it all up. And then I'm just going to be, you know, overweight for the rest of my life. And I'm saying like, there's individual harms to pursuing thin privilege. And then there's the perpetuating the harms to our society of gathering privilege. What I wasn't, was not counting on at all when I did this five second video, because that's what people watch now, five seconds. Right. <laughs> I said, you know, is your um, pursuit of thinness or what you call health actually a pursuit of thin privilege? So people had no problem. I mean, some people do. They don't like the word privilege. 
most of people are like all of it. All of it is the pursuit of thin privilege. Uh, I just want to be heard by my doctor. I um, want my concerns to be addressed. So there was a lot of that. I just don't want people to judge me, you know, on my body. So it's like the word, the definition of privilege was, and I'm going through these comments because I have about 400 comments on this post. So I'm like, I, you know, there's kind of like three responses and, you know, it's a five second video, but it's just interesting to learn and be curious. Um, I, you know, it's a pursuit of social capital and a pursuit of um, just being treated as, a decent human, like a pursuit of being treated uh, like seen for your humanity instead of judge on the external. But the irony of that is that you are pursuing that, which is harming you and others. Thin doesn't mean healthy, right? Exactly. And in fact, thin can mean unhealthy. And if you look at their why, they'll say, oh, I'm doing it to be healthy. But that's what I'm trying to uncover and tease out is like, your why is truly pursuit of thin privilege and it's baked in diet culture and all of this pursuit is just this fake external like you can be free from suffering and you can i mean it just takes you out of your humanity and our you know we're going to suffer we're going to have positive and negative emotions here and we're going to have it at our goal line and our finish line and so what happens is we haven't done the work the coaching work the the mind management the thought work to really unveil what's going on and what are our beliefs and we put all of our validation acceptance of ourselves on a number on a scale on the external that's been decided by society and so when you arrive there it's like oh it hasn't it, it, I don't feel any different. Like in- I still have my problems. Yeah, I'm a human still. And so, boy, I need to double down on this. That's the answer. And so then it's that continued harmful pursuit of, of thin privilege. Now, I mean, it's just baked into our culture and our society. But to get free from it um, is to have awareness of the harms that it that it causes ourselves and then also how it perpetuates because when you have pursuit of privilege, you're, you're othering somebody else. And so there are people who are born into bodies, people of color, people who live in, you know, as you have an MPH, you know, like you don't have access to healthy foods. You don't have a built community that supports movement, um, safe routes to school, all the things all the marketing and the food swamps and the anyway, so they will never be able to attain the thin privilege. And so our bodies are like um, nature. And that's what we talked about in this training, this body positive training. It's like our bodies are wild. They're nature. There's so many things that go into our weight. And so diet culture and the pursuit of thin privilege perpetuates this calories in calories out mentality. It's what you can control. So like in your friend, you know, it moves to, she may have a tendency to have a ruminating obsessive mind or feel out of control. And maybe it's something that she, um, she learned when she was younger and she has a lot of negative self-talk and attachment to her inner critic voice. And so then that really feeds that. And then it's like, she's going to double down on the restriction and just keep causing more harm. And um, you can get free from it once you challenge it. 
You know, it's like once you realize like that's a belief or a thought that you have. We are not our thoughts. Thoughts are optional. This is like coaching stuff. Thoughts create our feelings, which drive our actions. It has nothing to do with the number on the scale. But once you say, oh my gosh, I have these beliefs. Um, Maybe it's like this kind of like, it's never enough. I'm never enough. Or whatever, like shaming, judging thoughts are coming up for you. Um, you you have to develop a, a compassionate approach to yourself. And people are so attached to their negativity that it's it becomes really tough. And I know. I mean, I'm 53. I've gone through <laughs> I've gone through all this myself. And the work of self compassion, of stopping self judging, is has been the work of my life. I mean, it's the most important thing. The weight, the weight you'll get, your body has a healthy weight set point range. Like that's a range when you have health behaviors that are in place, like you were talking about. Like you, if you're eating well and you're eating quality foods that serve your body pretty consistently, you're sleeping well and you're pretty consistently moving your body. And I also throw in active stress reduction, which all those things do. Um, So you decrease your cortisol responses, which increase your insulin and you take a metabolic health approach, then your body will adjust over time to its, you know, a range that's a healthy weight set point range. So I know a woman who's large and teaches yoga and is super active and eats really great food and she's still large. So I'm not going to look at her and be like, oh, she's unhealthy. And I mean, large, I mean, fat. I'll, you know, I'm just Mm -hmm. saying she's fat. Yeah. And I don't see that as a bad word, but that's, you know, I know society does and she doesn't. That's why. So my question is, is that just, could that just be someone's body type? Absolutely. There's, um, when you look at a metabolic health approach, I'm one of the founding members of the Society of Metabolic Health Practitioners. So we take a look at like therapeutic carbohydrate reduction, however you want to do it. You don't have to go all in or go all keto or whatever, but just cutting back on ultra processed foods and you can reverse your metabolic disease and your insulin resistance pretty quickly. But anyway, um, we, there are metabolically healthy people who are overweight. There are metabolically unhealthy, thin people. And those are actual terms. Um, it, it doesn't, that was the first thing I noticed when I got on TikTok, like you noticed too, is the body positive creators, um, those who were about fat acceptance, or even just like whatever their platform was, whether they make jewelry and they happen to exist in a larger body, right. they were getting cyber bullied oh, by horrible. the trolls on TikTok. Yeah, it's, it can be a trash app for sure. Um, and and the, it was all about health equaling weight, you know, they were judging their external and making assumptions like, you know, you should get checked for diabetes. And, you know, it's just like, you know, I've taken care of so many patients um, as a um, in an obesity clinic, and even like, like young children, and it really like their laboratory values, they don't correlate exactly to BMI. Of course, there's increased cardiovascular risk factors. There's increased risk of comorbidities with weight. Um, but it doesn't actually, it's not like a causal thing. It's there's like associations um, and it can be the symptom. And we need to start looking at metabolic health and looking at insulin resistance, which has been fed by an epidemic of 
ultra processed foods, the food addiction business model. And um, that's, that's the number one cause of it. And if we do anything in our work um, in public health or whatever we're trying to do to try to diffuse, I think, first of all, say health does not equal weight, um, focus on health behaviors and get the support that you need. Um, get out of your pursuit of thin privilege. So cancel diet culture, have a self-compassionate approach. And, and then, you know, together we can make a movement to, you know, to, to look, I mean, we're not going to change a food addiction business model, but there can be things that can be changed or just like awareness of like the digital neuromarketing tactics that these companies have and have been hugely successful at, especially for children and teens, um, relentless. And so those are the kinds of things that once we really as individuals own our health power and make changes then we can start really creating a movement. Now, when you say food addictive model, are you talking about the way that food scientists get the just right amount of sugar, salt, and oil, or whatever they do, additives to like make it so hyper palatable that when they say you can't just eat one, that you really can't, I mean, it's unbelievable. Well, it is, and it's a conditioned pathway in our brain. Um, so I love a lot of the neuroscience work that's happened. Um, they have the trifecta, the ultra processed foods have a trifecta of trans fats, salt and refined carbohydrates. So um, those things each on their own can create the dopamine zing that feeds it. So the more we, um, you know, uh, that's actually resisting an urge or craving is when we actually eat to cope with it because an urge is a feeling that's coming up. Um, so the more that we feed it, the more conditioned it becomes. So when you realize like, it's just brain science, there's nothing broken, there's nothing wrong with you. It's like, well, this makes sense that once I eat this, you know, this is how, be a curious observer of your brain. This is how my brain reacts. Also, you can do some um, thought work, some curious um, work around um, urges and cravings. And you don't want to resist them and like white knuckle and feel like it's all willpower because then that creates more indulgence and over desire. Okay. So, so when you go to the, it can be a habit. Like if you've read Atomic Habits, which is a great book. Oh, it can be a habit, you know, that's, you know, the cues in our environment feed it. Okay. So it's just a habit. I like that word like um, habitualized instead of addicted Um, though. And I can talk about this. I was addicted to diet Coke and I had to stop drinking it um, to, I chose to, and I haven't had it for five years almost um, because I couldn't find a balance with it. And it drove my urges and cravings. And I spent the whole day, like that was my kind of narrow, narrow reward in my life. You know, it's like, this is not, you know, I want to, I have an awesome life. So I want to be in the moments of it instead of thinking about freaking Diet Coke all day. Yes. And absolutely. so that was why I, you know, kind of did my weight loss thing. Okay. So when you have an urge or a craving, then it comes from a thought or a feeling. So either you're feeling like permissive, usually like, oh, I deserve this reward. I had a lot of that before I started my like coaching and weight loss journey is like, and it's been like a self-worth journey than anything. I felt like, oh, I deserve it. I've had a hard day and it was also a habit. And so I had kind of like a, you know, a feeling of wanting reward or I was stressed out and tired. And so then you go to the food, you get the dopamine zing. 
And then depending on how much you eat, I mean, if you get into a binge cycle, then you're getting to the shame and the remorse, and then you double down on the restriction, then it creates more binging. And so that's a different story. But if it's just an urge or a craving or a habit, um, the other thing you can have is a judging thought and shaming thought. So it's like, screw it. You know, I've already eaten this many. I'm never going to probably have healthy habits or I'll try tomorrow or, you know, and then you get into that kind of minutia of that moment instead of looking at your overarching, like, why? So anyway, it's maybe some curiosity around, like, what's kind of going on in your mind or what feelings coming up, like I'm triggered and maybe changing some of the environmental cues too. Yeah. It's time for me to talk about the wonderful sponsor this month. Athletic Greens. I started taking AG1 because I don't like taking pills and vitamins. I wanted a supplement that tastes great, a light tropical mild flavor. I start my day with AG1. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. This helps with your nervous system, your gut health, your immune system. I notice I have more energy. I have more focus. What I love about it too is that it's lifestyle friendly. So whether we keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free. It costs less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. And speaking of habits, AG1 is a small micro habit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. On here on Health Power, that's what I want you to do. I want to give you the tools to help you take care of yourself. And that's why I'm so excited about AG1. Now, to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash power. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash power to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So I grew up so skinny that I was like, people are always like, are you sick? Are you anorexic? You look gross. You're disgusting. Like like skinnier than Allie McBeal. Like skinny, skinny, skinny. I wow. freaking hate it. I eat mm-hmm. peanut butter sandwiches every night. Try to get fat. Now, I'm a size 12. I've got big boobs and a big butt, and I love it. Yeah. I never thought I would, right? But Kim Kardashian. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, and mine's real. Um, but anyhow, so I'm really comfortable in my body. But the other day, I went secondhand shopping, and I went to the store, and I was like, did they make these mirrors? Like, do I look 100 pounds heavier? Like, I put on this dress. I had this, like, moment of panic that I'm like, no. You just got your, I have to have foot surgery. I just got an EKG. Perfect. I just got all my blood work. Perfect. What are you doing? That's a, And you know what? That's a pattern in your brain and it's always going to come up. So it can take you under, like almost like jaws coming under and grabbing your legs. Yeah. It surprised me. Yeah. You're having a great day. And then you're like, oh, crap, you know, and then it ruins it and it's in your head. Um, So that's where like some of the thought work or just recognizing that you're triggered. And it's the work of Dr. Kristen Neff around. I love her. Yeah. And it's really, really helpful um, to get ahead of it, like during those moments. Um, Like, so you're going to go shopping. So for me, like when I go shopping, um, if I don't feel like trying something on, I don't. Or I'm like, I'm so excited that I'm getting these clothes for this trip. Um, and I, and you know, you, you get ahead of it with some intentionality, with some affirmation for yourself. Like 
I'm taking care of my health. And you don't spend time convincing yourself. At least that's not helpful to me. Um, and also like, oh, yeah, that's just a thought that's coming up. And then you just kind of try to let it go. And um, or I don't accept that. I don't accept that. The other thing I've done is because uh, I'm really trying to work to help people get out of their pursuit of thin privilege and cancel diet culture is to, um, first of all, commit to this is really helpful to me, commit to never dieting or restricting uh, in for the rest of your life. Like literally, like I don't do that. I don't accept that in my life and I don't do that. And it doesn't mean you're not going to make changes in your diet or with food, or you could even go low carb. You can go keto. You can do Mediterranean, whatever you decide to do when you're choosing it and you have all the science and you're working, that's different. And you have a really powerful why, um, but that's not restriction. I mean, if you're not, if you're, you have a powerful why that is pure, that is, based on self-worth, self-love, instead of a pursuit of thin privilege or this arrival fallacy. And you also celebrate your own measure of success. So number one, really commit to that. Like for the rest of my life, I will not harm myself in that way. Um, and it doesn't mean that you have to say, oh, I love myself. I love my body. I love, like, it's okay. Like to want to change, you know, change something about yourself. It's okay. <laughs> um, but um, recognizing that that is causing unnecessary harm in our lives. It's like of no use to us to attach to the thought or be surprised that you're human on a human journey is going to have some negativity come up, especially when that's your you know, thought patterns, your brain's condition for that. And then the other thing is, um, I've recently committed and it's been really interesting because it worked really fast after doing this like thin privilege stuff to never judging anyone's body ever or my own. And it's, it took me about a day. Yeah. And I'm 53 and I've been stuck in that, you know? Um, and I only, I recognize the humanity in everybody and I just can't imagine now, like, I mean, of course, every once in a while I'll still get a little trapped in it. Um, but overall, like that's been a super easy thing and it's awesome. And I'm just there to have a compassionate connection with somebody, learn more about them, be open. And because whenever we're judging someone else, we're always judging ourselves, so, um, so you have to do that U-turn. And so I was realizing like that just put me in a negative headspace. It's a complete waste of time. I have a lot of work to do. I am not interested in it. And so I, I think those two things can really help people, um, to get on this journey of getting out of, and to cancel diet culture and to get out of pursuing thin privilege. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think the, the, the reason I mentioned my blood work and my EKG is because if I decided to go on some radical diet, it wouldn't be because I wasn't healthy. Yeah. Right? Pursuing thin privilege. You'd be pursuing the privilege of showing up and not even having it be an issue. You know, but you'll find something else if you haven't done the thought work. You'll attach to another negative thought about your body or 
you know. Yes, it's Who knows true. What? <laughs> Your hair, whatever. I'm like, is something wrong with my hair? No, actually, I just had. No, well, it's so funny you say that because I just did this like anti frizz treatment. I live in a humid area, yeah, in the summer, and it's super flat until I washed it, and then the body will come back. So I was like, kind of self conscious. So it's so funny that you said that you said my <laughs> hair. Great. Before I let you go, I did want you to talk a little bit about your work with kids and teens because this is where it can be so tricky. You talked earlier about the the parents can be terrible. I mean. You know, I've had friends who were put on diets when they were like six and it just screwed up their metabolism and their relationship with food and then they developed eating disorders and then it's just, mm-hmm. it's just flipping awful, right? So mm-hmm. how do you approach this with people or, or excuse me, how do you approach this with kids and their teens and then their parents too? So they're doing it, they're coming at it in a healthy way. Well, I've been doing the work of, in childhood obesity for almost 20 years of my career as a community pediatrician. And so I've basically done everything you could do as a pediatrician. I started my own nonprofit from scratch. And then I oh, wow. started this population health center. And then I decided to, <clears throat> I actually, my attorneys told me, instructed me to resign from my high level job, like effective immediately, um, almost three years ago. And um, I was faced with whistleblower retaliation. And so I was like, okay, what do I do now? Because like I had created all this stuff. And so I decided to become a coach, a life and weight coach. And then I decided to take my obesity medicine boards and I created IME community. And my whole platform is self-love is your superpower to achieve your life and health goals and make your mark in the world. And so um, I have, uh, I had a membership, but I've changed it to really focus on parents and parent coaching. And we start with um, self-acceptance. So my five steps to IME. And I wrote a um, really amazing, healthy conversation script for parents to have a conversation with their teens about health and weight, because there's a lot of harm. Like after you go to the doctor and the doctor says, oh, you have a high BMI or you maybe have a lot of alarm and they use the word obese and um, parents don't know how to address it and how to have a helpful conversation. So I actually created like an 11 page. It's beautiful, actually. So when you sign up for the email list, you get to download that. And then I'm going to do workshops. Um, and actually on TikTok last summer, I did a 12 week um, reverse your insulin resistance challenge. And I'd taken all of that content and created a health yourself digital course that I'm launching in the fall. So that's for parents and teens. So it would be so cool. And I'll be coaching them along with the, this really amazing ebook and, Anyway, it's really cool. <laughs> that is awesome. You have to come back in the fall. What do you want the audience to to walk away with? I would say number one is let's just totally drop in one fell swoop like a book. Everything that we've done. <laughs> all of diet culture and thinking, all of our pursuit of thin privilege and just breathe a huge sigh of relief. <sighs> And let's move forward. And so I think that's the first step, like, especially for the summer, really focus on enjoying your life and being in the moments of your life. And then the health, the weight, all that will fall into place. And I've seen that so many times. In fact, the more we take the focus off of that, the higher your chances are, I think, of really living a healthy life. 
Oh, that is so great. Dr. Cara, this has been such a great conversation. Tell us all the ways we can find you. Well, go to my website. It's gorgeous. It's imecommunity.com. It is gorgeous. It's, I was going to say, that's a really beautiful website. Thank you. Get on my um, email list so that you can get in on the workshops. And I send out great emails. I'm doing a lot on helping teens who are weight bullied, how parents can help them and lots of cool stuff, a lot about cyberbullying and how to show up on social media and how to help your team. Um, I'm also on every platform, especially on TikTok at IME community is where you'll find me or look up Dr. Carla. I think you Carla with a K. Um, and then I am on Instagram IME underscore community. I'm on Twitter, Dr. Carla activist MD. Um, where else? Facebook. We have a Facebook page. So there's just a lot of stuff out there. YouTube, please. And I have a podcast on Apple and Spotify. So I am a community. Oh, great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. What was that called? I am a community on Apple and Spotify is my podcast. And then I have a YouTube channel. IME community. YouTube. And what does IME stand for? When you say I work with a branding agency. So after they worked with me and found out my vision of like full self-acceptance is the vision was that a kid would look in the mirror and say, I am me. When you say those letters, it sounds like I am me. me. That's what I thought. That's beautiful. So the power of the individual with the strength of the body positive community behind you. And I think we can do whatever was disrupt all the ways we've gotten it wrong and move forward in a positive way. I agree. I want to thank you so much. If you want to check me out on TikTok, uh, you can, and also Instagram and Twitter at Lisa Davis MBH. Keep coming. Let me say it again. At Lisa Davis MBH. Keep coming back to Health Power. Rate, review, subscribe. Well, that's it for our show today. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you. And we would appreciate it if you could please rate and review and leave a comment because the more you engage with our podcast, the more you will find it and help other people find it wherever they listen to their podcast. So be sure to follow Follow us. I'm at Andrea Donsky and at Naturally Savvy and Lisa at Lisa Davis MPH. Thank you so much. And please share this episode because the more you share shows you care. We'll see you next time.